I just wanted to welcome you to my podcast. You are listening to Life with Maka, where I talk about chronic illness, mental illness, faith, and everything in between. Everything and anything. So welcome if you're listening. I hope you enjoy. I am joined by Shannon today. Hey, Shannon, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. It is currently 7 a.m. in Australia, as you know, and it's nice that the sun is out today, so that makes it for a better day to get up pretty early. Yes, well, maybe send some sunshine here, because here in um, America, it's about as cloudy as it can be, and we had some a little bit of snow last night in the areas around me, so. That sounds cold, and I am glad that we are heading into summer and not winter like you guys. <laughs> So I, and I said this last time, but like I say this every single time and I need to figure out a different way to say it, but like, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, who you are, um, what chronic illnesses you have and some facts about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Shannon. I have complex regional pain syndrome and then Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and the comorbidities of that, like, um, mass activation syndrome, dysautonomia, and then um, the vascular compression, so median arcuate ligament syndrome, SMA syndrome, and I am 100% feeding tube dependent. Uh, I'm currently a college student. I really want to go into healthcare. Um, I really want to medical school or physical therapy school and really become an advocate for the chronic illness community. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. Love that. I think that and I think I was talking about on the podcast yesterday with Dee that um, it's so important to have people that have the lived experience in those professionals professions yeah absolutely because <laughs> um, yeah just like having people that have lived experiences in there just adds so much value to um, that profession and the people that are going to be seeking help in that profession Absolutely. And I think it also adds kind of this understanding of like, you know, I know how this feels and like that emotional aspect of it, just kind of that mutual understanding of like, you don't have to explain to me how tough this is emotionally. You don't have to put in a brave face. Like I get how tough this is like on all levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, having a f- even just like a face in that area that like if people yeah, like just a safe place for people to be like, this is actually really hard and you can really empathize with them. Yeah, absolutely. I love to use the word empathy. Yes, I love the word empathy and I think we need more of it. I would agree. Um, so tell us about your chronic illnesses, how they've affected you and your story with them. Yeah, so I was diagnosed with CRPS, complex regional pain syndrome, when I was in high school and it was my first diagnosis, and it was really tough because I felt like I was really thrown into this isolation, you know, and my friends understood it, you know, I was going to the hospital and just felt very, very overwhelmed, um, and then, you know, kind of from there, started developing a lot of um, GI issues, issues with dizziness and allergic reactions, and, you know, that kind of, and issues in my joints, and that kind of led to all these other issues um and then around the time when I was graduating high school and um set to go start college my CRPS got really bad again and I was 
unable to attend university at that time. And I took some time off to um, get my CRPS in a better place. And like, thankfully, I was able to do that. And then from there, my GI issues got really severe and ended up pretty malnourished. Um, and I was on a feeding tube and I had surgery for median arcuate ligament syndrome. Um, and that was really tough because it took more time off of school than I had intended to. Um, and then, you know, the recovery from that surgery is really intense. And, you know, especially dealing with like that state of malnutrition and all the other chronic illnesses, kind of the fatigue, the sonomia, all these other things um, impacting that. And then, unfortunately, in a couple months post-op, I developed some severe GI issues again, which left me on a feeding tube and ended up being diagnosed with another vascular compression, superior mesenteric artery syndrome, um, and another state of malnutrition, which was really, really scary. Um, you know, kind of going through it the second time, it was just more emotionally traumatic, I think, than the first time. Um, so it's kind of been a lot of ups and downs just dealing with, you know, fatigue and figuring out mast cell issues and the way to exist in a body with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome that is prone to dislocations and, you know, navigating the medical field and not having, you know, providers that always understand the complexity of it all. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my story. Probably. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking too, that a lot of people don't realize how much of like a domino effect chronic illness can be like how yeah. one tends to affect the other and like you said too like having males as well as eds makes it really difficult and people just don't realize how um having one can affect the other in such a like negative way and have such an impact on it absolutely and i think that goes the other way that kind of having a good like plan or or treatment plan or whatever for one can really like secondarily help the other ones because you know like when you're in a state of malnutrition you it's harder for your autonomic system to function properly makes this autonomia worse so you can't you know strengthen your joints as much so you're more prone to dislocations and it kind of just like having that good treatment plan can really um help many things so I think it's and I think it's a really important part of kind of managing chronic illness is looking at like how can doing one thing help her benefit or cause one thing to stay the same and, you know, trying to make the most out of the treatments and out of, you know, the medical team that you have. Yeah. And I like that perspective because I guess, yeah, I probably never thought of it that way of how, um, yeah, different treatment plans can help other elements of chronic illness as well yeah absolutely it's all it's all so intertwined especially when you're talking you know connected tissue and kind of these like very broad whole body conditions you know it's interesting to see how they overlap and how um they just go together you know yeah um before the podcast episode we were chatting sorry my voice just Parked it. Um, we were chatting about the pressure to keep up with others when you're chronically ill. And I mean, I really resonate with this. And when you said it, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to jump on that because <laughs> I feel like it's something that we feel so much, but we don't often talk about or we do, but we don't 
often voice it in a way that you know people who aren't chronically ill can listen to it too so let's chat about the pressure to keep up with others when you're chronically ill what's your stance on that your experience with that so I kind of had to face this like head on because you know when I was expected to start college and that was my plan it kind of got spiraled and you know it really forced me to like see that a lot of the conversation around especially people my age is like what are you studying what are you doing for a job you know like a lot of this like what are you producing what are you making what are you contributing and that conversation almost never includes what are you doing for you you know like how are you taking care of yourself despite this this busy life the world has forced us into or, you know and it became very frustrating because I felt like I was unable to it made it made it harder to relate to people my age because I was like you know because my health you know I'm not really able to um you know go to college right now or like I'm doing classes from home and I think it's kind of this kind of awkward gray area of like you don't want to be seen as only the sick person but oftentimes people my age only want to talk with the things you're doing and producing and it kind of is really shows me the pressure to keep up but I think that pressure is also super unrealistic like it's not healthy to go at the pace that the world wants us to and that's not something that I ever would have learned or really realized at this age if it wasn't for chronic illness you know like I think we've normalized working at this pace and living such a busy life that the burnout and exhaustion and these things are are almost praised and I think chronic illness really shows you that you know, if you don't intentionally take time to rest and take care of your body, your body will do it for you. Um, and not in a sense of like, oh, your busyness caused your chronic illness. No, no, not like that. But I mean, like, you know, when people live such busy lives that they and they pride themselves on that, the stress just adds up and, you know, um, it's like not good for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I've had two, I can think of two experiences in well like there's probably many more but two times that I felt the pressure to keep up with others and one was so I got sick in my second year of university and um I at that point decided that I would add another year onto my degree which was a really really hard thing to do like it's not easy to take a four-year degree and make it five years like five mm-hmm. half a decade um and I remember a lot of people that like knew me when I first came to uni in like 2017 and they knew that teaching was a four-year degree would often say to me so like when are you graduating and I would have to and it felt really awkward to be like oh no like I've ended my degree by a year and then it would kind of be like oh why is that and I would have to just be like oh look I'm sick so like that's just what's working best for me right now and like I felt like just even that was just pressure to finish and get it over and done with especially in my final year when people are like oh are you working yet and it's like I feel like the yet thing is also Mm. impactful um and then my other experience was in my fifth year of uni a lot of my friends who finished their degrees in four years or three years, depending on how long their degree was, were going out and starting to work. And there was this, I don't know, like I felt this pressure to work, like 
that when I started working, I had to be working as much as them. And I often got the vibe from other people too, that I wasn't, I wasn't being enough and I wasn't doing enough if I wasn't working full time. And mm-hmm. even people have said to me, um, why don't you just get a full-time job? Like, why aren't you working full-time as a teacher? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And like, I don't know. Sometimes I, like, I am a casual teacher. If you're listening and you haven't, um, if you didn't know that about me. And um, I finally got to the point where I was like, look, if I work eight days a fortnight, I have enough money to help me get through rent and food and whatever. And I get two rest days. I am better off than somebody who is absolutely miserable in their job working 10 days a fortnight and who is really struggling to get through. Like they could make that choice to cut back on work and do that for themselves, but they don't because Mm -hmm. like you said too, society has put this pressure on us to work full time and to do all these extra things and, um, yeah, like when you're chronically ill, like you actually have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, what is important to me and what do I value work-wise or what do I value in not, like what parts of keeping up with society do I want to take out that then make it work for me? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you said like what parts do I want to take out and what parts work for me because, you know, like, that's the thing. It's your life. You're ultimately the one that, that lives it, you know, not the rest of society. And it's really tough because like that pressure is so real. And I also love how you said that word yet. Like, are you working yet? Are you doing this yet? And it's like with chronic illness that there's not a set timeline. Right. And I think there's this expectation that when you're sick, it's like, oh, you're sick. You have the flu. Okay. In two weeks, you're good. But the thing with chronic illness is that you have to become so okay with the unknown you know kind of like not being able to give a definitive response which is so hard and I think a continual journey but I think a lot of that comes from like what the society is just not used to seeing someone our age say I'm sick you know exactly and I just yeah I think obviously around us I don't know about you but I definitely have a lot more healthy friends than I have sick friends And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I feel like there's more of an expectation because that's what everyone else is doing. And it can be just, it can be really damaging mentally and even physically. Like you might feel so much pressure to keep up that you just succumb to it. And then that's damaging physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually to be pushing through so much. Absolutely. And I love that you talked about how it's spiritually damaging to try and keep up with everyone else, because I think that dimension of chronic illness is a very unique space, you know, that the spiritual and the the religious um, kind of aspect of it, too. It is. And um, I would love for you to also share your experience on that, because I think that both of us could empathize with each other on that topic and I think a few listeners could as well yeah so I think first of all I think there's a lot of issues within the sphere of religion and chronic illness so feeling like this pressure to be cured and I have felt that you know I um one vivid example that I can remember is I always felt very self-conscious 
walking into church with my feeding tube because I, about mm, every couple weeks, uh, a church near me would have the, these beautiful, they called them like healing services. And it wasn't this like, oh, everyone goes up and gets prayed over to be healed. Like it was more or less just like a time of prayer that focused on, you know, over healing. It wasn't like, you know, people had to announce they're being prayed for. It was more just like time with God to, to talk about, you know, all the types of healing people need, you know, physical, emotional healing that our world needs peace, you know, all the things. Um, and to pray for like your intentions of people in your life need healing. And I remember saying, I don't want to be the girl who walks into the healing mass with a feeding tube because I initially thought, and I didn't actually go to them for the longest time because I was so afraid that it was going to be all eyes on me. And what I began to realize once I got there is that it was more or less like you made of it what you wanted of it. But, you know, the topic of healing was kind of the um, topic of, of the worship, of the talks and whatever. And I remember vividly sitting in, in that church thinking, you know, I don't have to pray for physical healing. I can, but I can talk about the need to heal from the medical trauma or the need to heal from the pressure to keep up or the need to heal from the way society makes me feel like I'm broken unless I'm healed. And I think bringing those things to prayer were some of the most pivotal things I could have because I think it really showed me that in God's eyes, I don't have to show up perfect. I can show up with my flaws and he can, or not flaws, but I can show up with my, my messiness, with the things that scare me, with, with the things that, that frustrate me and like not feel pressure to show up perfect. And I think that was really a game changer of just showing up as I was and letting God love me and like meet me there. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned too, that um, healing like prayer for healing isn't just necessarily for the physical like yeah I like that you mentioned that it like prayer for healing could come with heal like prayer for healing from the medical trauma and every other part of chronic illness like I feel like for me too um I have a few people in my life that are constantly like I'm praying that God heals you and like that is really difficult in that it kind of feels like like if I don't if God doesn't heal me that I failed at something like I feel like a lot of the time when people pray for healing it can actually be damaging to the person like it can be nice every now and again but to be constantly told that you're being prayed for for healing I have found can be quite damaging even spiritually damaging because Mm -hmm. you're like like obviously we have not much control over what we can and can't do for our chronic illness and you know you feel like you're not doing enough or not being enough or it can even lead into the whole not feeling like good enough christian feeling like um your healing is dependent on your faith like those kinds of things, especially when healing doesn't come. Well, and I think the other kind of important thing that you talked about was the idea that like, if prayer, people pray for healing doesn't come, it feels like we failed. Um, and I think it's really important to look at it and I, I, this really helped me was that, like, not to take it on myself to, like, 
say like okay you know this to feel like again it's easy i'm trying to figure out how to say this but like you know this person's faith in god like not to put that pressure on me like oh this person is basically ruined if i'm not healed because that's not a burden that's mine to take on um you know that's like it's it's out of my control um yeah 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 i think i yeah i just think there's so many elements to being chronically ill and the spiritual side of it and uh, yeah I guess overall it impacts you but I think I just keep thinking back to what you said about like coming to God um, messy and broken because that's what he wants he doesn't want us healed and whole and um, perfect or he doesn't want us to have a facade of perfection on he just wants us genuinely and um I think that's a good reminder especially for when we are feeling fragile and broken from chronic illness yeah absolutely and I think it really like resonating and I I just imagine like the one thing that really I can think of is you know before Jesus's crucifixion he's in the agony in the garden and he's crying out like like sweating blood he's like just so like god like i don't want to do this but like if you want me to then i will and it's like this very vulnerable moment and like i just think that's a great kind of comparison to like showing up as you are and saying god like i don't want this in this moment but like i know that you're with me you know yeah and i think there's realness and honesty in saying that too like you know i feel like that's such an important part of the gospel is seeing Jesus feeling human emotions and feeling distraught and feeling like in agony and like especially emotional and mental agony over it and yeah to see that humanness and that um yeah the man side of him is such a comfort to know that he has experienced grief and he has experienced pain and suffering yeah absolutely I think it makes it easier to feel less alone in it yeah I think so too and especially like you know like the shortest verse in the bible is Jesus wept and Mm -hmm. yeah I think just showing his humanness and um what that looks like is a really important part yeah and I think that can connect to the idea that like to show your emotions and to cry is strength. Like, I feel like we often think of Jesus as, you know, this this stoic, you know. But I think it's really important that to see that and say, like, he had emotions. And, like, imagine the weeping Christ. Like, what does that even look like? And, like, I had heard that said once and it really struck me because to get down and to show your emotions and to take off that facade, like, that is strength. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, to be real and honest of where you're at especially even with God like I feel like a lot of the time we can come to God and put on a facade and I remember like even my therapist saying to me um about some things like she was like just take it to God like she's a Christian which I am I absolutely love so much because we can like I think we spent one whole session pretty much just talking about God like and that was what I needed um but 
she was like, bring it to God, be honest with him. She was like, oftentimes we can sugarcoat things and not actually be honest. But she was like, tell God how much you're struggling with it, how much you don't like it, how much it's hurting you. Because oftentimes we won't do that. We'll be like, oh, it's okay. Or please just do this. Like we won't actually be like, I'm really struggling and I feel really broken and it's really hurting me. And I'm really frustrated and angry. And like, you know, we don't want to bring those negative feelings, I guess, to God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the idea of not doing it alone either, you know, like Jesus didn't do it alone. Like that is not something he expects of us. So to, especially dealing with other, you know, chronically ill Christians to like walk that journey together of that grief of that, you know, like navigating faith with chronic illness. I think it's even more important to do it together with other Christians. Yes, I agree. And I mean, I th- I'm so thankful that in the community that I've built um, with my Instagram page that I've connected with so many Christians and like, I just, I love having that shared um, faith and that shared, um, you know, like ability to just be like, I'm really struggling. Can you pray for me? Um, and yeah, it's been such a blessing. Yeah. And I think also the idea that like to have that conversation of like, you know, I find it easier to sometimes ask for other chronically ill Christians for health related prayers, because I know there won't be any like, oh, I'll pray for your full healing or, oh, you, you know, everyone will be fully healed. You, you know, like it's easier sometimes for me to go to other chronically ill Christians with like, hey, like POTS has been really bad lately or like, oh, hey, like, can you pray that this appointment goes well? Like, you know, just that those kinds of like health related prayer requests somehow feel easier um, with like other chronically ill people. I agree. And I feel like there's less pressure on us to, yeah, like you said, be fully healed or for things to go well. Like, and like, you know, that they're a safe place again, if the appointment doesn't go well, that you can come back and be like, it didn't go really well. And they'll empathize with you and they'll be real, like, they'll be genuinely sorry for you and not put pressure on you to be more than what you are. Yeah, exactly. I think it just goes to show the gift that the online space can be um, for bringing people together, especially, you know, all across the world. It's just, it's really, it's incredible. It is. And now that you've led into that, um, I would love for you to plug your Instagram account so that way people that are listening can follow along on your journey. Yeah. So my Instagram is CRPS Spider Shannon, CRPS, CRPS dot fighter dot Shannon, which is S-H-A-N-N-O-N. But I would love to have you follow along. I love having like good authentic conversations, conversations with people, especially through DMs. And I tend to share a lot of photos of my dog. So if you like dog content, it's always a good good little boost to happiness (laughs) it is it is so yeah thank you so much for joining me today thank you for having me this was such a blessing and so so fun that's all right and I yeah I guess I'll chat with you soon but yeah I hope everyone that's listening has enjoyed the episode with Shannon thank you for listening to life with Mecca I really appreciate being able to connect with people this way So thank you for tuning in and I hope that you'll tune in with the next episode.